The Wide Ride Podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Miami Hurricanes ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest ways to get into the game. Canes basketball, by the way, is just getting underway, and there are in-app panoramic seat view photos from every section. You don't just have to go to Canes games, by the way. There are tickets across all major leagues and teams, including your Miami Heat. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate with easy two-tap checkout. In addition, on Game Time, you can purchase shows to concerts. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Lamar. Winning lottery numbers coming up. I'm going to switch it up for y'all a little bit. Get crunk. You know why? Huh? It's hurricane season. The new Miami. The new Miami. The new Miami. Well, what do you do on third and 43 out of the playbook? <laughs> you make the call, Pat. Well, I'd probably throw it maybe a touchdown. I'd call a touchdown if I were the coach. Usually the simplest call. There. Oh, First down, Miami. <laughs> That's what I would call. <laughs> kind of surprising. Notre Dame just with four defensive backs in on that situation. Third and 43. And he picks up 44. Look at just one, two, three, four guys here, and these guys are just going deep. Nobody's bumping the guy on the uh, on the line of scrimmage. He just runs, outruns both Terrell and the corner Smagala. First down, Miami. Welcome back to the Wide Right Podcast. I'm Manny Navarro, your Canes beat writer for the Athletic. You just heard the infamous third and 43 play Miami converted with a Craig Erickson to Randall Hill 44-yard pass against Notre Dame back in 1989. This weekend is actually the 30-year anniversary of the play, and later in the podcast we're going to catch up with Randall Hill to talk about it. But first, the third and final bye week of this long season is now in the rearview mirror, and your Miami Hurricanes are set to wrap up the regular season with two more games before heading off to a bowl game. As you probably know by now, Miami was eliminated from the Coastal Division race on Saturday. Virginia Tech's 45-0 win at Georgia Tech knocked UM out of contention. And it was fitting, honestly, because those are the two teams that played the biggest role in ruining this season for the Hurricanes. Some Miami fans are obviously disappointed. The Canes will miss the ACC title game now for the 14th time in 15 years. But as we mentioned in this podcast last week, and as I wrote for The Athletic last Friday, Miami should it win out, can still end up representing the ACC in the Orange Bowl, and that's not a bad parting gift. I'll give you an abbreviated version of how the Canes could play in the Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl has always had an ACC representative playing in the game. I repeat, the Orange Bowl always has an ACC rep as a participant in the game. Not Notre Dame, not some other Power 5 team. The ACC sends a team to the Orange Bowl, no matter what, to play against another Power 5 team or Notre Dame. The Irish cannot substitute as an ACC team. All the Irish can do is end up playing against an ACC team in the Orange Bowl. Now, according to the rules, if the ACC champion makes it to the college football playoff, the next highest ranked ACC team in the college football playoff rankings automatically goes to the Orange Bowl. Right now, at this very moment, there is no ACC team ranked in the college football playoff rankings. There might be, but right now there isn't. Could there be? Sure. 
Virginia Tech could end up being ranked in the top 25. In fact, the Hokies, they're 7-3 right now and ranked 25th in the Associated Press poll. But all that matters at the end of the season is who is ranked at the end of the season. So if Miami finishes 8-4 and four, nobody else in the ACC is ranked in the college football playoff rankings, then the Orange Bowl can pick whoever it wants to play in the Orange Bowl. Could it be an 8-4 and four Miami? Could it be 9-4 and four Virginia, 9-4 and four Virginia Tech, or 9-4 and four Pittsburgh that loses to Clemson in the ACC title game? Absolutely. But it can also be the Miami Hurricanes. All that said, none of the experts making bowl projections have had the guts yet to predict Miami as a participant in the Orange Bowl. Now, it is Monday. Things could change. The athletic Stuart Mandel doesn't put out his bowl projections until Tuesday. But last week, Mandel had Miami playing Kentucky in the Bulk Bowl in Charlotte, along with stadium's Brett McMurphy. The other popular bowl projection for Miami? The Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about where Miami goes bowling and which bowl you are voting for, but let's do something. Let's get your opinions on that for the next episode on Thursday. Call our voicemail box and tell us where you would like to see Miami play in the postseason and against which team. And please explain to us why that game would be the most compelling. The number to our voicemail box is 929-430-7764. You can also leave a question for me if you have one. My argument will always be to get in the Orange Bowl. I know some of you think the worst thing for Miami would be get into a bowl game and get embarrassed by a good team. Honestly, I think there's a lot more to gain from going to the Orange Bowl and beating a ranked team than going to some otherwise meaningless bowl game. The exposure alone is important for this program. To be in a high-profile program is what helps most in recruiting. But what do you think? Call our voicemail. Again, the number 929-430-7764. If you are wondering what Manny Diaz thinks about being knocked out of the Coastal Division race and what it means to Miami season, Here's what the Hurricanes head coach had to say about that on Monday. Manny, obviously things are trending in the right direction. There's a lot to be encouraged about the way you guys have played. Uh, but when you found out Saturday about you being eliminated from the Coastal, did 4th and 17, did missed field goals go through your mind at all? Like, damn it, what could have been? And do you think the season can still be a success in your eyes without winning the Coastal? Well, let's, let's unpack that a couple different ways. Um, it doesn't do us any good to think of what could have been. And you can make a further argument that we wouldn't be who we are without those moments happening. So maybe we're thankful for those things. It, it, it hurt at the time. Um, but I don't know that we would have faced the hard truths of what had to get right in this program um, had we batted down a ball on fourth and 17 or had we made a field goal. So um, I think that's a great it – was, it was a great teacher to our football team about the little things that win and the accountability that wins. Um, so – we don't spend a lot of time looking back. Now, in terms of looking forward, which really, you know, staying in the present right now, which is really the only thing that we can control, uh, when we have done that, we've been pretty good. Um, so you don't really want to spend a lot of time looking back. At the same time, you don't want to spend time looking forward, and, and, and it's, it's the wrong time right now to try and define what is. To me, a season is you want a team to play as good as it can play. Right? That, to me, is the goal. Like, how good can this team be? And right now, we know we've got three opportunities left to get the best version of this team. I think the team is improving, like you say, and that's exciting to watch. We have a lot of individuals that are improving, and, and we're coming together. Um, but our best game is still out there. And I think as a coach, that's what you're hunting. So here's my take on what Diaz just said. I know Miami fans do not want to hear it, but I think he's right. Ultimately, Manny Diaz's job is to build a sustainable winner. And even though it sucked to lose to Georgia Tech in overtime, and it sucked to lose against Virginia Tech after rallying all the way back from 28-0 to take the lead in the fourth quarter, and it stunk to get beat on 4th and 17 in North Carolina, the Hurricanes had to, more than anything else this season, evolve as a football program. They need to get rid of the disease on offense and really grow up in a lot of ways. Now, 
I think we're all kind of being a bit presumptuous to think that the Hurricanes have solved all their problems and are simply going to coast the rest of the way here because it's FIU and Duke on the schedule the next two weeks because Miami has won its last three games. But if the Hurricanes really do finish this season strong and carry the momentum into 2020 and, and really learn and grow from their experiences this season and get to the ACC title game in 2020 and 2021, and this thing goes somewhere, I think we will be able to look back at the four losses this season and say, you know what, that Pittsburgh game was a turning point. Those guys learned from getting their hearts broken, and they passed it on to the younger guys, and this program is better for it. It's a romantic idea, certainly. makes for better storytelling. But if this thing goes the other way, you know what, nobody's going to care. And all they're going to do is point to those losses as signs as Manny Diaz wasn't the right guy for the job. That's what we do. We play the result. All right. So before we get to my interview with former Canes and Miami Killian high receiver Randall Hill, this week the Hurricanes are playing in a really interesting game. It's not because it's FIU, but rather because it's being played on the site of the old Orange Bowl and the current home of the Miami Marlins. Last Thursday, I went out to FIU's football practice at Marlins Park, spoke to Butch Davis, spoke to athletic director Pete Garcia, a couple of players, and I can tell you it was weird seeing a football field inside a stadium built for baseball. I know the Miami Beach Bowl used to be played there for a few years. I actually went to one of those games before it moved to Texas, but still, seeing it again and knowing the Canes are going to play there Saturday was pretty weird. I grew up going to the Orange Bowl. My father had season tickets during the Miami Dolphins 1972 perfect season. I was there in 2000 when Jeremy Shockey caught the game-winning touchdown against Florida State. I was there for a lot of amazing moments, including the brawl with FIU in 2006 and the 48-0 beatdown Virginia gave Miami in its last home game there in 2007. So I know a lot of people are going to be in their feelings about driving to, down to Little Havana for a football game. Here's what Miami native Manny Diaz had to say about that and what he expects on Saturday. Hey, Manny, just wondering, uh, you know, as a Miami kid, as someone who grew up here, just the memories that will uh, conjure up uh, as, you know, you, you play a game on the grounds of the Orange Bowl or coach a game on the grounds of the Orange Bowl, just what are your fondest memories of being in that building growing up? Gosh, there's so many. Um, Dolphins and the Canes, right? You know, I mean, I was there for the A.J. Dewey game in 83, um, you know, the 14 nothing game. Um, you know, you, you can think of all the great Miami-Notre Dame Third and forty-three nights, the Miami Florida State, you know, thirty-one nothing. I mean, there's there's so many Orange Bowl national championships. Um, Michael Jackson thriller, you know, can't get can't can't leave that out, you know. So, come on, all right. Uh, but um, the stadium's not there anymore. Obviously, uh, the neighborhood is, and I think that's actually the cooler part. I think I think it's just the trip in. Uh, I think it's being in the area, being in Little Havana, uh, which will be, you know, I think they'll be nostalgic for anybody who was there and understands it. At the time, it would be great to be back. Manny, it's because you guys are scheduled out so far, it seems like this could I mean it will be the last time you guys play for at least several years, I would think. Would you like to have seen this become more of a regular thing? I mean, we understand why it wasn't for a while, but would you like to see it be an every couple year, every few year thing if possible? It's like you said, I don't even know if it is possible. I mean, I, I'm, I like playing people in the state, but – it is what it is, you know. I mean, I, I know we're, we're, we're booked out until, like, 2048 or something like that. So um, you can ask me that question again around 2047. We'll see. <laughs> Neither of you at that point. To, to sort of follow up on that, I, I cringe at this because everyone – you can always find a fan to say something one way or another. But there are there is a, a group of fans, a number of them, that aren't looking forward to Saturday because they don't want to go back to that site. That it's just – it's hard or they want it to be difficult or whatever. It, 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 other than the sentimentality of that's where the Orange Bowl used to stand, should it mean something? 
to fans? I mean, do you think it's, do you understand why it might be I, hard I do, for some and, people? And, and, and that's why, and you can't tell someone how to feel, right? Because people are going to feel the way that they feel. Um, I don't know if anybody can feel stronger about it than I do. Um, but time moves on, you know. Uh, the Yankees playing a new stadium, you know, the old Boston Garden isn't there anymore. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, that's how it goes. I think we have as fine of a stadium as anyone in college ball right now with what they've done to Hard Rock Stadium. Um, and what we found is when the, when, when, when the canes are rolling and the city, you know, does what it does on a Saturday night, does, you know, we can play on Southwest A Street, you know, on, on, in the intersection, and it's going to be a home field advantage. So, you know, my job is to make sure the team warrants the type of big-time atmosphere uh, that whether that was back in the OB or whether it's at Hard Rock Stadium, it can, it can happen in this town. Um, so, like I said, it, it's hard to tell someone not to feel a certain way. You know, we, we all have uh, different emotions on, on that era. So one thing some older Miami fans may think about on Saturday night at Marlins Park is where they were 30 years ago this weekend. Because this weekend is the 30-year anniversary of one of the most famous plays in Miami Hurricanes history. It's the infamous third down and 43 conversion versus Notre Dame. For those of you who do not have the copy, there are some grainy clips available on YouTube of the play. I found one that had over 300,000 views. Miami's 27-10 victory over the number one ranked Irish in Miami's final regular season game propelled the Canes toward the Sugar Bowl and eventually the national title. The Hurricanes were up 17-10 in the third quarter and were back down to their own seven-yard line when quarterback Craig Erickson took the snap and fired a perfect 44-yard pass downfield for the first down. It was the climax of Miami's win over the defending national champions, and the win was payback for the infamous Cleveland Gary goal line fumble in South Bend the year prior. Anyway, I caught up with Randall Hill on Monday to talk about the play, the Hurricanes, and much more. As usual, Randall was his fun and cocky self. The, the play itself, what, do you remember what the, what the play call was? 93, Y up, countback option. Did you know the ball was coming to you for sure on that play? Who was it going to go to? <laughs> 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 well, well, did you know, I mean, was that something right out of the huddle? They were saying it's going to you no matter what? No, it's just common sense. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, who, who's going who's gonna to be the, the furthest one down the field? Uh, do you remember the cornerback covering you? Uh, Stan Smogala. Have you ever spoken to him again since that play? No, mm -hmm. that's not. It was Stan Smogala and uh, who else was over there? Pat Terrell. And those Notre Dame guys, I mean, that play in particular, do, do, they, do you still hear about it from any of your friends maybe from Notre Dame? Um, No, not from Notre Dame. I mean, um. Texas people talk to me about the Cotton Bowl, but um, and mentioned it to me. But no, I, mean, I don't really run across too many Notre Dame people in South Florida. Um, there was um, one one judge who mentioned it to me, but that was it. You, you Craig, still talk about that? I mean, you guys. I don't know how often you still talk to him and have a friendship with him, but um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of a loner. You know, okay. I, I see guys from time to time. I, you know, Craig does have that um, the restaurant hole in the wall, and um, I think that the fans. And I told Craig this, and if he doesn't do it, I may uh, I may beat him to a pulp. Um, <laughs> he needs to have a disc for third and forty-three. He needs to have a sandwich or something. Third and forty-three. Yeah, it's legendary. I mean, it went down in, in college history as one of the greatest uh, first downs of, of all time. Um, so Craig owes me. We owe each other a something on his menu uh, at Hole in the Wall. Third and forty-three. I want the fans to petition for it. I've ne I've never seen a third and forty-three converted since then. By the way, have you? Do you, do you know of any other long con conversions like that since? No, 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 no. M m most coaches 
are um, are just going to try to get try to get um, a few yards so that they can punt the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, even with with our with our play, that was that was called from kind of called from the huddle. We call a lot of stuff from the huddle. Right. Uh, regardless of what came in from the sideline. Um, so Craig called that. Yeah, Craig called that. Wow. And what <laughs> I'm curious as to what uh, Erickson said when you guys got back to the sideline because I mean I know yeah, you. I, what, what are you gonna say? Third and four and three, you get, you get forty four yards. Come on, stop. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna say? <laughs> Except for maybe thank you. Right. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I, yeah, I, and, and, and I recently saw uh, Coach Erickson and. Um, and um, he, you know he's had a lot of success, and, and he's going into the, to the College Football Hall of Fame, and, and, and rightfully so. Uh, from some of the things that you know uh, he's accomplished in, in college college sports, mm-hmm. um, you know, but you know we had a lot of fun, and we had a lot of fun with you know situations like thirty and forty three, um, because when when you know when everything is against you, and uh, and, and and by the way. The play before thirty and forty three, the person who actually saved all of that was I want to say Bobby Garcia. He, he grabbed the fumble. Uh, it was a sack fumble, and he was able to recover the ball. Or was it Luke Cristobal? I, one or two. Okay, I got to go back and, and look it up. Yeah, take a look at it. There was a fumble in that series mm-hmm. right before that play. Okay. And it hasn't been for that recovery of that uh, by that offensive lineman. It was either Bobby Garcia or. Or Lewis Cristobal, one or two, I think. Uh, yeah, that play would never have happened. Man, I mean, of all the plays you've ever been associated with, I'm guessing that's the one everybody talks about, right? Like nothing else you have, you probably ever did, yes. even winning the yes. championships. Like that's yes, yes. No, there's one that people talk about a little bit more. Um, the one that changed college football, the the um, the Cotton Bowl. Right. Well, of course. <laughs> the, the, but that was more of a celebration than I think a play. I, you ask me what play people talk about more? <laughs> that um, it, it, Cotton Bowl because it was more it was more infamy, you know. I mean, right. It was more. Uh, it was more the display of of Miami, mm-hmm. of what Miami was. Of you know how you know, screw you, we'll kick your butt and we'll do it in your own stadium. So that's the only other play. You know, th- those two plays actually, those two plays are, um, are stand out in, in University of Miami history. And uh, I was at the, the tail end of both of them. Did you keep anything from either one of those plays? I mean, start with jersey, anything? Did you? Yeah, keep- well, I, yeah, I got my, um, I got my jerseys. Yeah, uh, the Cotton Bowl jersey. I got that. I got that under lock and key. Yeah. Um, someone even asked me for it. I'm like, <laughs> I cussed that person for, for a week. <laughs> <laughs> did you keep anything from that Notre Dame game? I, I think I had a jersey from 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 that game. You did. I, I still had the, uh, we were in what white? Yeah, I think you I had guys a jersey were in white. No, uh, because it, it's keepsake for your kids. It's keepsake for, for for your parents. Because you know, there's some things that it's not about you. It's about you know thanking the people who who, who got you there. You came back for the '89 uh, thing, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. What what was that like for you coming back earlier this year for that? Well, I mean, it's just 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 good memories, uh, good good times. Um, looking looking at everybody was there. Everybody's you know in good health and everybody doing well and. And, you know, have, have, you know, shared some memories and everyone's moved on and, and, you know, uh, with their families and, and their careers. So, you know, it, you know, kind of makes you feel good to see, uh, some of the old guys. Uh, you know, we, we look around the University of Miami and it definitely has, has changed a lot, uh, especially the, uh, the athletic facility. You look at the athletic facility, you know, they kind of got to cater to the, to the, uh, student athletes a little bit more. Uh, we didn't get catered to at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so with that being said, um, you know, it was very interesting. Um, it was a humbling uh, experience, and um, you know, and and the guys who were there, you know, we we enjoyed each other's company. Have you been down there much lately, or where are you where are you at now, Randall? What city are you in? I don't I don't really go down to University of Miami that much. Okay. Um, some some legends just fade off into the sunset. 
I um my my house is in um Davie. So usually when I go south I bypass University Miami and go straight to my parents' house. Your parents still live down by the Killian area? Yes. Uh south uh west of south south of Richmond Heights. You you get nostalgic at all this week when people bring up that play at all? I mean, do you ever feel like uh I don't know, is it like an anniversary for you at all, that win over Notre Dame? No, it it was definitely a, a big victory. Um, you know, and, and what I do is I, I, I look at uh when I do look at uh watch watch the US Miami play, the only comparison I really do is uh I, I try to do a comparison of of um attitudes and how people uh, sorry, how the student athletes approached each game. And one of the attitudes that I do not see is we always had an attitude was, you know, there's no way in the world we're going to lose. Yeah, we prepared, we prepared hard, but we always, I don't care if we were behind, I don't care if we was in front, I don't care if it was close, we never thought we were going to lose the game, ever, mm -hmm. ever, ever. And specifically when you talk about the Notre Dame game, there's no way in the world that, that you're going to lose um, to Notre Dame at home in front of 86,000, 85,000 fans on national TV against the Fighting Irish who stole the national championship from you the year before. And, you know, so I, I do, I always do a comparison. I kind of look at and Sometimes you can look at players on the field and you can watch their, you know, their, their persona, you know, their, their, their movement, how they, uh, uh, how they act on the field and how they, you know, you can kind of tell. Um, if they're either they're nervous or they're unsure or if they're confident, and if you look back at the at the teams of old, uh, you know the ghosts of Hurricanes past, we didn't we never approached any game or were ever in any situation where we felt that we were not going to lose a game. Uh, sorry, that, that we were, that we were going to lose a game. Mm -hmm. you know, we never thought that we were going to lose a game ever. And you think that's do you think that's different now, at Miami? I mean, it's, I've seen some sparks here and there, and uh, and I think Manny is, is on the right track. But, you know, it kills me when reporters, it kills me when the media, it kills me when the news always talk about five-star this and ten-star this and seven-star this and, and, and all-American this. It's bullshit. And what, the, what, and what those different entities are doing is feeding the public with, with nonsense. It's complete nonsense. Yeah, you gotta have some talent, but if you look at the, the, if you look at, give me, give me an individual with good talent, with the right attitude, and put me up against, um, an individual with great talent and the wrong attitude, and I'll win every time. Mm -hmm. We, the, the team I will put together, I will win every time because you gotta have the right attitude. I mean, going back, you know, a lot of people, all right, so, all right, so let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Okay. I went to Killian, right? Yeah. What position did I play? Cornerback. Okay. Most people, 90% of people, had no idea that I was moved. I'd never played wide receiver before in my life. What, um, Alonzo Highsmith, what position did he play I think he was, in high school? I think he was defensive end, if I remember correctly. Coach Johnson and that particular staff had an eye for talent and had an eye for, for personalities and, high, and an eye for, for attitudes. So what the media does is, you know, they always hype up and, you know, and what these newscasters, they always hype up, oh, well, this 10-star recruit, he, he, he's committed. I don't care. I really don't care. And, and, and if you look at the, the teams of, of Ghost of Hurricanes past, you had the right personnel. You had the right attitudes um, of guys who did not believe in losing. 
And people say, oh, well, time has changed. No, time has not changed. Yeah, some some of the game has changed. But you give me a, a good player with good, solid athletic ability, with a great attitude, and, and a want, will, and a desire to be the best and not lose, as opposed to someone who's a 10-star who thinks that they're going to the NFL and they're, and they're a freshman and think that they should start as a true freshman in, in, in college, I win every time. That person doesn't have the right attitude. I'm with you, and I feel like that's what Manny's trying to recruit now. I mean, I know a lot of people get enamored with the star system, and, and obviously there's a lot more publications, and, and they make a living off of people clicking on their stories because of, because of uh, it says four-star, five-star. I get it. I, I know exactly where you're coming from. But it, feel, it feels like Manny's trying to get more guys who are about the right attitude and, and are, are hurricanes, as he says. Do you, do you, as an observer, and I don't know how often you've been down there. I know you were there for the 30-year reunion. I don't know how many other times you've been down there if you went to a paradise camp or anything else. But do you get that sense that he has an appreciation for that? Well, yeah, because, you know, unlike, you know, I don't know about Blake James. I don't know about coaches of, of past. Manny is embracing what, you know, it, for example, here, I'll give you an example. For a while, um, before, before Manny, former players weren't necessarily invited back. They invited back few players, players who gave money to the university. The University of Miami is all about money. Um, they, they gave, uh, they would invite players who gave money back to the University of Miami, who contributed to the University of Miami. Mm -hmm. But they didn't invite certain people back because right. they didn't, um, I don't know if they're afraid. I, I, I don't know. But Manny is embracing, um, what the, I mean, the history of the University of Miami. For a while, from my understanding, uh, over, you know, not, not recently, but, you know, they would actually, you know, the whole 30 for 30. Yeah. Um, the, the University of Miami, uh, from my, from my understanding, I may be wrong, fought against that being created, mm -hmm. made. But yet still, they would show it to the recruits. That makes no sense. Right. That well, makes no sense at all. Randall, I, listen, I've been around this program a long time. I obviously knew you played cornerback in high school, and I know about Alonzo, mm -hmm. so I've, I've been in South Florida a long time. I just feel like for a long time, they took for granted what the football program did. Once once they got that Big East money and once they started getting the ACC money, I think it sort of turned into, well, these guys are, we're making our money no matter what, you know. Well, I, I've always said that, you know, yeah. you know, the University of Miami is going to make money regardless. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's, I guess that's what it's all about. Um, but if you have the right players, yeah, players want to make money at the end of the day uh, when they go into the NFL. But you got to have players who believe in winning. Not just ACC championships, but national championships. It was the 80, 88 got an, uh, got an Orange Bowl ring, um, for playing, uh, in the Orange Bowl. And, you know, that was the year that, you know, Notre Dame stole that championship from us. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I gave that ring away. I gave it to some kid because it wasn't a national championship ring. It wasn't, it wasn't the best. I mean, my mom yelled at me for it. <laughs> you know, I gave it away. On that level, that's the attitude you gotta have. That's, that's that is the attitude you gotta have. And if you don't want to have that attitude, go play somewhere else. Go go play at, at Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. Go play at uh, um, Southern Miss. Go 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 play somewhere where they don't have that history of creating a an entire atmosphere and element in college sports. Well, it feels like Manny's, like you said, Manny's embraced it. He's brought it back. I think I think the matter now is you know getting these kids to, to play. I think the offensive side of the ball. He got the defense right. I think it was getting the offensive players to sort of embrace that attitude. Well, you know, the de well, the defense, well, you know, it's, it's on both both ends. Right. Um, the defense was, was missing a lot of tackles at, at the beginning, and and I think Manny, um, as he put it, he 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 thinks that that they're getting it at this particular point. He, mm -hmm. he thinks that, that they're buying in to his system, um, which you know, which I hope it works because you know, when the University of Miami is winning, it's not just good for. 
Coral Gables and the University of Miami is good for all of South Florida. When there's civil civil arrest in the 80s, um, people put away all the nonsense and they came and watched the University of Miami play. When you talk about, you know, uh, people fleeing from uh, parts of the Caribbean coming here, whether it be Haiti, whether it be Cuba, um, and, you know, fighting for equal equal rights and, and equal justice, um, a lot of people put down some of those thoughts and they had fun and they were able to relax, relax on the weekends by coming to watch the University of Miami play. It's, it's a culture. Uh, it's, it's a mystique. It, it is uh, what college football is, is, is all about, or it should be about. By the way, what do you think of them playing this uh, game, this FIU game at the orange, the old Orange Bowl site? Do you uh, you get sensitive about that at all, <laughs> about the baseball stadium being No, there? because it, okay. it, it, once you get inside the stadium, it's, you know, because I went to one of those bowl games there, and um, I just didn't, I don't know, maybe it was because of the teams who were playing, just the atmosphere is just... It's not conducive to uh, to football, yeah. In my yeah. opinion, but this I mean, is... I, I think I think it's great that they're going back. You know, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, uh, me and um, Casey Jones, we we we, we proposed proposed that to them a while ago, some years ago, and they shot us down. I, I guess since it wasn't their <laughs> idea, we got shot down. And yeah, me and Casey Jones, we proposed that to them years ago, about uh, six or seven years ago. Okay. Okie dokie. All, All right, bro. I'll see you. Yo. Bye. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for the Wide Right podcast. Be sure to check us out on Thursday as we preview the FIU game and get a chance to talk to some Hurricanes players this week. One footnote, Manny Diaz said that Brevin Jordan returned to practice on Sunday. is getting healthier, and he's optimistic about seeing the tight end play against FIU. Brevin Jordan, of course, injured previous week before the Louisville game at Florida State, did not play against Louisville, and uh, was actually named a semifinalist for the Mackey Award given to the nation's top tight end. Alright, so that does it for this episode. I'm Manny Navarro for Randall Hill, my producer Mike Zimmerman. Thanks for listening to the Wide Right Podcast. Miami, the new Miami. Surge, surge, the new.